From Innovation Alley at Marquette University, I'm Chuck Swoboda, and this is Innovators on Tap, a show based on the idea that innovation is about leadership. It's a mindset to find a better way, and ultimately, it's about people. These conversations are designed to allow you to open your mind to new ideas and find ways to put those concepts to work. Together, we can solve big problems and maybe even change the world. When's the last time you heard the national anthem? Probably at a sporting event, or maybe before political debate. But my guess is, is that wherever you last heard it, it probably wasn't at a barbecue restaurant. Yet that's exactly where this clip was recorded. That's right, a national anthem played at a local Mission Barbecue in Brookfield, Wisconsin. The restaurant was founded on the 10th anniversary of 9-11 and dedicates time at every restaurant they own to play the national anthem right at noon as a tribute to those who have served their community and their country. This isn't your average fast food chain. They're combining mission, purpose, with really good barbecue. On today's episode, we speak with Bill Krause, co-founder of Mission Barbecue, which is one of the fastest growing restaurants in the country. And this episode isn't just about food. It's really about disrupting an industry which starts with a real commitment to your why. Before launching a second career in the restaurant industry, Bill was one of the early employees who helped make Under Armour a global brand. You'll hear his perspective on the difference between leading a large publicly traded company like Under Armour and building a smaller privately held company like Mission Barbecue. We also hear his thoughts on the power of rivalries and how being the underdog helped propel Under Armour forward in the early days that no matter what industry you're in, you're ultimately in the people business, and the four things that he has learned that every business needs to do to succeed. Bill references a proverb on this episode that states, when you wanna go fast, you go alone. When you wanna go far, you go together. This is great advice for any person that is trying to take an idea and scale it. It's the people you surround yourself with that really matter and allow the idea to travel much farther than if you go it alone. That's what's on tap today. Enjoy. Well, Bill, welcome and thanks for joining me today on Innovators on Tap. Hey, thanks for this opportunity. So I know you worked your way through college by selling athletic shoes. I'm curious, what was the coolest pair of shoes back in the day? What did everyone have to have? So based on the fact that I was selling shoes in the early 80s, 
that's when there were guys like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson, and they were both Converse representatives. And then this kid came out of the University of North Carolina that really changed the face of athletic footwear forever, being Michael Jordan. And I thought it was the coolest job in the world in that my friend who ran the store at the Grand Avenue Mall in Athlete's Foot, he probably could have paid me in shoes because suddenly I felt like it almost gave me a little bit of status that I had some of these things that not everybody else had. And I felt like I looked good in the process. So how do you think your experience growing up shaped who you are and kind of how you think? Um, well, when I think back, my, my family history, both sides of the family settled in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Both my grandfathers were entrepreneurs. In fact, one of these small world kind of Milwaukee connection, uh, the building services business here on campus, my grandfather built that. He ran a moving and storage business out of that. Um, and I thought about my other grandfather, also an entrepreneur. And so maybe that's where a little bit of my entrepreneurial spirit was born. Uh, both my parents, market grads, were products of the Depression. And so they really tried to instill in my sister and I this mentality that tough times don't last, but tough people do. And, and so from that standpoint, putting in a good hard day's work. Um, I wasn't the most patient kid growing up, and so the idea of waiting till I was 16 to get my first job, I was a paper boy at age 12. I caddied at Blue Mountain Country Club starting at age 14. I had, I guess, performed well enough as a caddy that they hired me to work in the Country Club Pro Shop at age 16. And I look back on all those now experiences that really helped to shape kind of who I ultimately became as a business person and hopefully as a man. So I know you went on and you became a, a vice president at Under Armour, and then at some point you leave to start your own sports management company. I think I have that correct. Yes, sir. What were some of the lessons you learned from the Under Armour experience that you've kind of taken with you as you've kept going? Yeah, so I was there, I think, during the fun years of Under Armour. I got there in 2001. company had about 20 teammates. It was doing a little over $10 million in revs. And yet there was a spirit about the company in terms of that was a part of the culture. A lot of kind of walk-ons, a lot of folks that really weren't afraid of the hard work. And we loved competing against those guys that lived out in Beaverton, Oregon and put a swoosh on their product and thought that they were all that. Um, because we think in the end, we probably made them better. And at the same time, too, we loved competing against them. And so in that regard, by the time I left in 09, uh, we had almost 2,000 teammates. We were doing almost a billion dollars in revenues. We had gone from a privately held to publicly traded. And just all those experiences really centered around the four pillars of Under Armour, which is about just building a great team, building a great product, creating a great story, and then servicing the heck out of your business, I believe applies to just about any other business. It's how we've brought those into the world of Mission Barbecue, and yet we kind of shifted focus. And really the most important thing we believe within our business was that, that it all starts with people. We're all in the same business, no matter what the industry might be. It's a people business. And then in our case, it's focused on our food and then it's focused on our service and then ultimately how we measure our results. So it's interesting. You described something that I've heard from other successful entrepreneurs and innovators is that they liked this idea of being the underdog and taking on the big guys because I, it wasn't just Nike. Nike was maybe the big guy, but that would have been in the days of still Reebok, Adidas. Mm -hmm. Puma was still probably relevant at the time. Why is it that you think 
that underdog mentality work. So I think, isn't that truly the American spirit? And you apply it to business, you apply it to life. Yeah, you could argue that at the inception of Under Armour, the category didn't really exist, but the industry did not necessarily need another player because there were all those other successful companies. But somebody that came in with a different way of thinking. Now, what we were smart enough to do at Under Armour, we knew that we were David fighting Goliath and we couldn't necessarily go head to head with them in their strongholds. But there were certain categories that we might have seen as opportunities where maybe they were a little weaker. And that's where we decided that at Under Armour, we'd focus more on the apparel than necessarily on the footwear. We focused on different sport categories than where they were necessarily best. And it allowed us to build enough of a foundation of the business that in time, by the time they woke up and probably really actually took us seriously, it was too late because the brand had been built. You talked a, a bit about how people are so critical to aligning them with the mission. Were the people at those early days and the ones that it took made it successful, were they the same people that were good at running the company later on? No, and I think that's the thing that early days of any brand, it is about all hands on deck. Everybody participates. I remember some of the early days where we would work basically in the sales office in the morning and then we'd go pack boxes in the afternoon because that's what needed to be done to hopefully then make the day, make the week, make the month. And that takes a different type of person that's willing to get a little dirty, to roll their sleeves up, to get after it every day. And more so it as the business goes on and the business gets bigger and bigger, it probably becomes a little bit more managerial, which is just a different way of thinking. I really believe if you really boil down to successful businessmen, think about it like you're operating a lemonade stand. Somebody's going to run the front and hawk the heck out of the lemonade. Somebody's going to be in the back and pridefully make sure the lemonade is good. And you think within business, there's entrepreneurs and there's managers and there's folks that kind of run the front end of the lemonade stand and the back of the lemonade stand. Once you can figure that out about yourself, the probably better served you'll be able to find to find your real passion and the things that you really enjoy. So you launched Mission Barbecue on September 11th, 2011. What's the story behind you deciding to get into the barbecue business? Yeah, so you talk about pivoting. It was not my life's plan that somewhere in my mid-40s, gosh, let's get into this really tough industry of the restaurant business. And yet during my Under Armour years, two things had happened. The guy I traveled with most extensively loved barbecue. And even though I was the boss, generally speaking, because he was bigger than I was, I allowed him to choose where we would go eat. And being born and raised in Milwaukee, I thought barbecue was hamburgers, hot dogs, and bratwurst with occasionally a steak on the grill. And this friend of mine that I worked with at Underarm named Shannon, Shannon kept dragging me into all these great southern barbecues. And I kept falling in love with it just that much more with every product that I tried. And at the same time, too, in 2008, as I was kind of wrapping up the whole Under Armour experience, um, our oldest son graduated from Catholic University and he enlisted in the United States Marine Corps. And I was initially embarrassed that I had never considered some level of service at his age. And then ultimately I became very prideful. And I thought to myself, where could I find more purpose in life? Where could I find my way to serve? Where could I find my way to give back? And this barbecue thing along with American service all started to come together. 
And yet the only reason why Mission Barbecue worked was because the good Lord had put somebody in my life who had spent his entire business career in the restaurant industry. Gentleman by the name of Steve Newton. Steve, not unlike me, born and raised Midwestern kid, uh, started out as a pizza delivery guy, ultimately had a great run with Outback Steakhouse. And the more he and I talked, the more his analytical brain said, Bill, there's enormous opportunity here. This reminds me exactly of where the steakhouse category used to be. The thought was by Steve and I, we could apply the same thing to the barbecue sector, great proteins and great sides, and yet at the same time to really have purpose behind our business. And so it simply became this story of a couple of best friends that loved barbecue, but more importantly, loved our country. And we wanted to make a difference. So I was at your restaurant here in Wisconsin the other day, and uh, it was at lunch. And at noontime, everything stops and the TV turns off and the national anthem comes on. And we stood there and sang the national anthem in a restaurant. And I had read about it beforehand. So I knew that this happened, but experiencing it firsthand was, it was important moment for me. And I'm not sure why that is or what that is, but there was something about it. How did this come about? Well, I, I must say it, it ties back to why we wanted to create a business, which was to make a difference. And how could we remind people subtly as it may be every day about why Mission Barbecue exists, which is to serve, honor, and thank our American heroes. It was actually my wife's idea to play the national anthem at 12 noon. We've been doing it since our first day in business. In certain markets around the country, country music stations do that at 12 noon. And yet, what are you supposed to do if you're in your car? Like, do you pull over? Do you try and find an American flag? Do you stand and salute? And so this idea that who'd have ever thought a business owner would say the best two minutes of the day is when our registers aren't ringing as much as maybe we're offering perspective. And it literally is what we think our best two minutes every day. And we only do it because we can, because we're free and we're safe. And we just want to forever remind everybody about it. I respectfully say, if that's not for you, that's okay. You can come at 12.02. We prefer you come at 11.55. So most businesses and most people that start a business are trying to figure out how do I make this investment and appeal to as many customers as possible. And I would assume that some people don't like the patriotic idea. If I just think about what's happened with the NFL and protests, because it's taken on a political aspect versus a, you know, a recognition. Was there ever a discussion early on that from a business standpoint, are we sure this is a good idea? We went into it with eyes wide open. And with every passing day, we have that much more certainty that we are doing the right thing. This has nothing to do with politics. This has everything to do with patriotism and love of community and love of country. And we believe we're doing this at a time our country needs this in the worst way. We want to bring people together around our tables. And whether or not you appreciate that aspect of our business, oh, by the way, our food's pretty good. Oh, by the way, the service that we try and give you will hopefully still leave you thinking that was worth my time and money. One of the things I noticed was we were eating and we were drinking our drinks and my wife goes, hey, did you read your cup? And then I read mine and she read hers and 
we all had these different quotes on our cups. And I believe mine was from Teddy Roosevelt. Where did the idea come from? And is there one that really strikes with you? Yeah, it's so there's just simple messaging. And whether or not you pick up on it or not, it's it's there for you. Um, we don't necessarily want to hit you over the head, but hopefully it just maybe makes you step back a little bit, not unlike the national anthem every day. Um, we do have a quote on one of the cups from General Martin Dempsey. General Dempsey was the 18th chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. And it's a very simple three-word message, and that is make it matter. And you think about how you can apply that to your life, how you can apply it to your business. What it was for General Dempsey is he was charged um, at kind of the heart of this conflict. And oftentimes when a squadron or a battalion lost one of their mates, he didn't necessarily know how to address them. And he heard one of the troops said, General, trust me, going forward, we're going to make it matter. And he says, think about that, that those folks that paid the ultimate, they no longer have the opportunity to do that. But the rest of us do. And you think about how you might you know, approach that in life. If, if you lose a loved one, they're no longer here, but isn't it somewhat our responsibility to carry forward and make it matter for them because they can't anymore? But we can. You know, you talked earlier about how you're having really one career in the sports apparel business and sports management, and your son joins the Marines, and you kind of have this, wow, I never thought about that. And you're so passionate about mission, and you've built a whole business around it. But in retrospect, what is it? Was it really just one moment, or did it build over time? Because I think most people who had met you would be shocked that you're not a veteran yourself of some sort. There's no doubt this business grows on you every day. And every time I meet a new teammate, I first of all thank them for wanting to be a part of this and join our journey. And as long as you're selfless and you have a servant's heart, Mission Barbecue will change you, be it as a teammate, be it as a customer, because I truly do believe in my heart we are making a difference in every community that we get the privilege of serving in. And if we can inch forward every single community now – we're moving our country forward. And at the end of the day, whenever this book is written, I think we'll look back on this and say, gosh, it was worthwhile, the hard work, the effort. It's now gotten to the point in Mission Barbecue that people will say, you know what I love about it? It's this whole litany of things. And then they usually end by saying, oh, by the way, your food's really good. And I'm thinking, how is that possible? That's the core of our business, but it's everything else that we've built around our already good food that has made that just overall experience that much better. So you've been quoted as saying that when you were developing the idea for the company, you started with our why. I found that incredibly insightful, and I'd love it if you could explain a little bit more why that's so important when starting a business. We believe more and more especially the younger consumer, they believe in brands that do good. They believe in brands that make a difference. They believe in brands that give back. The restaurant industry didn't necessarily need another restaurant chain, though I bristle at that word chain, um, as much as maybe they needed a business that opened the eyes to the rest of the industry that there's a chance to do good by providing great food and great service and just overall hospitality. What we're doing has never been done. 
And I say that from the standpoint, never has there been a place that consistently every day is Veterans Day at Mission Barbecue. And we take such pride in who we get to serve. So you said you believe you're ultimately in a people business. Describe that a little bit more. I want to be around like-minded people. I want those as my teammates. I want to get to know them as customers and from that ultimately develop friendships. The good news is, despite the fact that you might read, oh, you don't, just don't understand the kid of today. Boy, we found a lot of good kids. And we found a lot of good kids that do want to make a difference. And so for so many, um, a lot of people's first jobs are in the restaurant industry. And if this is your first job, what we're hoping is maybe this changes your entire perspective of life going forward, of maybe how you want to live a life with a purpose and somehow find your own way to sort of give back and say thanks. You worked for Under Armour when it was small. Then it becomes this big publicly traded company. Then you go off and you do a startup. And now it's becoming a bigger company again. What's the difference in being in that small private enterprise and the larger public one? Kind of what are the pros and cons from your perspective? Private, you can always do the right thing for the right reason versus sometimes the short-sighted approach that you have to take when you are more driven by a stock price or a quarterly result. We're taking the long view on Mission Barbecue. Barbecue has withstood the test of time and service to one's community or country has. So the timeless nature of our business, we believe there's a lot of blue ocean out there for Mission Barbecue. Is it easier being private to do that? I don't think there's any question because you do think well beyond just your term with the brand as much as indeed leaving a legacy that hopefully does last lifetimes. But as the business scales, you're getting larger. You said 92 stores going to over 100. You know, you're, you're having to manage the business more now. You're adding in what you start out, we called it entrepreneur or more of a leadership mindset. And really, you have to add in this management mindset to be able to deliver this experience over and over. How do you keep the classic metrics that are so well-intended, which is really what large companies have is a lot of metrics. How do you keep those from getting in the way of the mission and this higher, longer-term purpose? We don't keep score on what we necessarily give because we know that in some way, shape, or form, it pays us back. And we don't worry about when it does or it doesn't. Our investment in people is a testament to the fact we've drafted pretty well. And so from that standpoint now, because we have such opportunity based on our growth, gosh, we want to promote from within. Because time spent within the Mission Barbecue brand and once you've gone through a full year cycle, it's almost like a dog year. And I think you appreciate it that much more. And in terms of succession planning and some of those things that my partner and I continue to spend time on, uh, we most recently elevated um, two of our original teammates to now the vice president level. They have been around since the inception, since store one and store two. And somebody might come in from the outside that has, quote, great industry experience. I am less impressed by that than time that you've spent in and around us because I think within that, there's a higher probability that our culture will continue to flourish 
And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing in terms of our brand and our culture. So I understand you haven't spent a single dollar on traditional advertising. And I think I understand what you're doing with your brand, but can you maybe explain for the person listening how you've thought about this differently? Because you came from an industry that clearly did traditional advertising and you've built this brand a different way. What's the thinking? What's the idea behind it? You know, I think there's the thought that in traditional advertising and marketing, about half of what you do is really good and probably the other half isn't worth the dollars that you spent. And oftentimes you have a hard time determining which is which. Whereas for us, we buy military trucks and we go out in the community and we feed people. And the byproduct of that, especially when we feed people in their times of need, we see reflected in terms of their loyalty. Somebody that has served and done good, they are about as loyal as the day is long. And if you're there for them, especially maybe in a time of need, they never, ever forget that. So you've decided not to franchise. Why not? If anybody's going to screw this up, we are. And ultimately, building a brand is hard. Otherwise, everybody would do it. And so from that respect, we realize the amount of control we have with 92 stores versus when we had two stores is different. But we've still got tremendous influence on our business. My partner, Steve, and I, we still pour our heart and soul into it. We still approve every general manager that comes on board. We still approve every real estate site that we sign up for by actually physically laying eyes on it. We still spend exhaustive time with our teammates and our customers because that's the lifeblood of our business. And that's what helped to build us from store one to where we are now today. We read a quote from Kevin Plank, who's the CEO of Under Armour, and he's called you a terrific leader. What's your definition of leadership? Knowing who needs what and when. And I think the best leaders are the ones that within business, don't talk to somebody about their job, talk to them about their life. Because in better understanding their life, whether we realize it or not, what happens off the field affects on the field. And the more you get to know persons, the more you understand them and what's important to them. And everyone's a little bit different in that respect. So when I joined Under Armour, I was kind of the gray hair brought into the building. I was the only one who was married. I was the only one who had kids. We were at a much very different point in life. Kevin was appreciably younger than I was. But the respect that I had for him and then ultimately I earned from him is one of those things that I take great pride in here now many years later. What's your biggest failure? Your job needs to fit into your life. Your life doesn't need to fit into your job. And sometimes when I look back now, we all get skewed probably to the negative of that. And there's individual things that I now look back on and say, I probably didn't need to be at work that day versus something that probably mattered more. What advice do you have for young entrepreneurs? My advice for young entrepreneurs is don't be afraid to go where the jobs are. And at the same time, too, there's a quote. It's actually a proverb that says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So oftentimes, I think entrepreneurs think they, they can do it all by themselves, and flat out, you can't. And I think about the magic of mission 
is because I've got the best partner in the whole wide world. He's a chemical engineer by trade that somehow ended up in the restaurant business. The way that he processes information, the way that he thinks about procedure, for a scatterbrain like me, he's the perfect complement. I can't do what he does and he doesn't want to do what I do. I'm smart enough to know to get the heck out of his way and let him run restaurant operations. And if I can just get somebody to walk through our doors once, I know what's going to happen at that point because the ops team is going to take over and they're going to make sure that your overall experience, whether it was your first or your hundredth, you're going to come back and more than likely too, you're going to go tell somebody about it. You're part of building Under Armour, but you're also a Marquette fan and we're a Jordan brand school. So do you have any concerns with wearing Marquette gear and the Jordan brand on it? I am brand loyal to Under Armour. I've got lots of reasons for being that. It doesn't mean that I still don't wear Marquette gear, but in terms of I'm glad there's other options other than just the Jordan brand. I want to thank you. This has been really enjoyable. Thanks. I really enjoyed a chance to visit your restaurant, but uh, it really was a great experience. And uh, thank you for doing what you're doing. It's really a pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks. Thanks to Bill Cross for joining me on Innovators on Tap to discuss the growth and impact of Mission Barbecue and also the lessons learned early in his career at Under Armour. Bill had a great definition of leadership, knowing who needs what and when. Being a leader isn't about individual success. It's about helping the team achieve the greatest possible outcome it can. And it's about knowing what needs to happen and then making it happen. If you found value in this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And please share the podcast with your friends and colleagues because I think we all know things that could use some innovative thinking. Please feel free to contact us through our website at innovatorsontap.com. We're always open to new ideas or critical feedback. My belief as an innovator is anything you do today can be done better tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on this journey. Let's go change the world.